Macar Guru Season 11 Episode Numero Uno. Well, we made it. It's a new year, 2024. Never thought that would happen. You know, I was thinking uh, the other day what I was, what I must have been thinking about 2024 or 2020, even 2020. You know, back in the 70s. You know, was that even possible? Was I going to be alive then? I remember I was going to be 43 years old in 2000, and now I'm 67 in 2024. Wow, that's a tough one. But what I choose to do is to not think about that and to think about one day at a time. So one of my New Year's resolutions was that every day I come to work, I'm going to clean out a drawer. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to some of you, but you don't how you don't know how many drawers I have in my office and storage cabinets and file cabinets. So anyway, I did I cleaned out a big one. It was the corporate drawer. Had all the corporate documents and different companies that I have been involved in, car dealerships that I have bought or been a partner in and then sold. It was all the stuff that I had to do in order to make sure that I was not making a mistake. And boy, I still made some mistakes. But for the most part, all of those mistakes that I have made, those victories, those tragedies in some cases, they've all gotten me to where I am today. And it's not that bad. You know, it's really pretty good. I mean, I'm very blessed to have a platform to be able to take the knowledge that I have and help people through my car guru. I'm also blessed to be the head of a thriving car dealership with two franchises, two great franchises, Ford and Nissan, and 65 souls who rely on me to captain the ship. It's a pretty big responsibility. I know a lot of people have a lot bigger responsibilities than that, but theirs aren't my responsibilities. This is mine. And I just have to do the best I can with what I have, and I hope you have that same mindset as well. You know, I've been uh, doing some research today on EVs and, and what's happening in the EV market, and it's pretty much like I predicted. It was all overblown, and everybody's having to dial it back now. The only people that aren't dialing it back are the, is basically the people in Washington, um, mostly on the liberal side of the aisle, who are still daydreaming about uh, vehicles that, that run on electricity, all vehicles, you know, cramming down our throats, something that we're just not ready for, not ready to buy, and the market is spoken. And so uh, EV inventories are climbing like crazy. And, you know, it's just like they talk out of both sides of their mouth. Even the industry leaders do. They talk about all the, the incredible growth that EVs are having. They're not. You know, they're still less than 7% of the total market. So what the, the growth that they talk about is the percentage of growth from one year to the other. And so, you know, when you go from 10 cars to 20 cars, you've got 100% growth but it's still just 10 cars. 
And that's what they're they're doing. And then now they're saying that the growth, the rate of growth has, has stalled and it's starting to go down. So who sold all the EVs last year? Well, uh, Tesla sold more than half of them, 537,000. They have 56, well, yeah, 56.3% of the market. So there's Tesla, and then the next is Chevrolet. They sold one-tenth what Tesla sold. They sold 55,950 or 952 EVs, and most of those were Chevy Bolts, B-O-L-T-S, that they are now discontinuing. They had 5.9% market share. Ford was next at 5.8%. Then Hyundai, Rivian, BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen, Kia, Audi, Nissan, Volvo, Toyota, and Subaru. And then it goes down from there, a bunch of names you probably never heard. There's one company called Bright Drop, and they sold five. EVs. Um, They're not doing real good. Well, I'm going to take my first break, and I'm going to come back and talk about something that's even more value. And these are recommendations that I have for your New Year's resolutions. Well, let let me uh, clarify. Your car life resolutions. And some of these may not apply to you, but most probably do. And I'll be back in just a minute. Do you even make New Year's resolutions? I've, I've always made them. I've heard some people say, well, that's a waste of time. Well, it's only a waste of time if you forget them. You know, if you put them on a little piece of paper, write them all down, put them on your bathroom mirror where you see them every day, then maybe you'll remember that you set them in the first place. I try to make them a part of my daily plan. I put them in my planner and and kick it forward every time I have them on a little card that I keep moving forward. And I do that. Now, do I achieve them all? No, because some of them I really didn't think through. Um, Or I just lost enthusiasm for that particular thing. But most of them I, I make progress towards. You know, sometimes just making a little progress is worthwhile. Just like cleaning out one drawer a day. So anyway, let's talk about some car life resolutions that I think are important. Number one, now these are not in order of importance. And I I did a Facebook post about that. About I posted a picture of my daughter, uh, of her car that she wrecked in 2004. It was a, I can't remember, I think it was a 97 Volkswagen Jetta. And it was her first car. I pulled it off the used car lot and she totaled it about 15 days after she got her driver's license. And uh, I posted a picture, and I said, be very careful the type of cars that you buy for teen drivers. Uh, my first resolution here for you is to buy new drivers safe cars, not what they want. And also track them like a coon dog on a convict. I mean, we've got the technology now, and those air tags, you can put them in a car, and you can see everywhere they're going. You can track their cell phones. Well, I don't want you to track my phone. Why not? What are you doing that you don't want me to know about? You know, if we have the technology, we might as well do it. Yeah, but you're not respecting your young people. Yeah, you are. You respect them enough to give them a car. They should respect you enough to to, uh, not mind that you know where they're going. Because if they do mind it, then they're probably going someplace that they shouldn't be going. All right, number two. Put your cell phone in the glove box and go hands-free. Come on, folks. 
I'm so tired of getting held up by you at red lights, you know, where you're just sitting there and the light turns green and you're the last one to take off because you're looking down. I know what you're looking at. And it, it's such a, a delay a thing. It delays life. And it also is dangerous going down the road and texting or, you know, talking on the phone and being all distracted. You're distracted enough if you go hands-free. So anyway, does this sound like a lecture? Maybe a little bit of it is. Number three, take your car to the dealer that sells your brand for service, at least while it's under warranty. I make this recommendation all the time. Because I have seen manufacturers turn down after warranty claims, like let's say that your warranty has expired and you've got 10,000 miles over and your transmission starts giving you trouble. Well, you're not covered. I guarantee you won't be covered if you never came back to the dealership to have service. And if you always went to the fast lube place or you did it yourself or you know took it to the independent shop or the tire store. Because manufacturers of automobiles like to see their customers return to the dealers because they hold the dealers accountable to make sure things are getting done to the car as far as regular maintenance. And if you can produce records, you can get, well, you can get a repair taken care of that's out of warranty. I'm just saying. Okay, number four. Rotate your tires every oil change. This is kind of a pet peeve of mine. Because people ask me all the time, how often should I change my oil? Well, you can go by the manufacturer's recommendations, or you can wait until the light on the dash tells you time to change your oil. Or you can just keep it simple and do what I say, is change it every 5,000 miles and rotate your tires every time. The main thing this is going to do, it's not really good. I mean, you could wait 7,500 miles if you wanted to and change your oil, depending on the driving conditions and temperatures and stuff like that. But... We used to tell people to change oil every 2,500 miles. But every 5,000 is good. And rotating your tires every 5,000 miles is going to make your tires last 30% longer. Is that an arbitrary number? No, not really. They estimate between 25 and 40%. So I just say 30. So rotate your tires, and you'll they'll last longer. And then, also, oh, I forget, check your tire pressures once a month and make sure your tires have the right pressure. Now, if you have a tire pressure monitoring system on your car, like I do, or like all new cars do, I think maybe all new cars don't, but most of the ones we sell do, then if you pay attention to that or check it every now and then, because you have to select that screen in the menu, you know, you've got all these different things, check your tire pressures. You can do it. And if you have your tires changed at a tire store, just make sure that the TPS sensors are not messed up and that they reset your tires to the proper pressure. Not what it says on the sidewall of the tire, but what it says in your owner's manual or on the pillar inside of your driver's door. There's a little tag there that tells you how much pressure you should have in your tires. Well, what about the one on the tire? Ignore it. Get the same size tires that your car calls for from the factory and go by the pressure on the on the car because that's the what the engineers of the car designed the car four was that much air pressure in the tires. See, I knew you'd learn something here. Okay, let's go on. Let's see. Change your cabin air filter at least one time a year. Now, does your car have, an, have a cabin air filter? 
Well, if you don't know, just look in your owner's manual. Normally, they're inside the glove box. And if you haven't, if you had a car for like two or three years and you pull that thing out, you will not believe what you have been breathing inside of your car or what, what can pass through a car, I should say. You haven't been breathing it as much of it because your cabin air filter has been catching it. But when it reaches maximum capacity, it's going back into your lungs probably. Okay, number six, the person in the other car that just cut you off pulled out in front of you, they are not your enemy. He's probably just not paying attention. So cut him some slack and don't be flashing lights and honking horns and stuff because it just leads to bad behaviors. People are just so angry in their cars. They drive angry. They're just waiting for somebody to cut them off or, you know, leave their bright lights on by accident. I did that the other day. I didn't have my headlights on automatic, and I just blinded these people on this two-lane road. I felt so bad. So, you know, somebody flashes their lights at you. Don't just leave your lights on because how dare they flash their lights at me? No, just turn your brights off. Move on. Life's too short to get mad. Okay, what else? Oh, yeah, I see this a lot when we're trading for cars. Folks, clean out your car. Just go ahead, get next pretty day, open up all the doors, open up the trunk, open up the hood even, and get the floor mats out and vacuum that thing out and get up underneath the seats. And then go get a box and clean out your glove box and your center console if you have one. Just pretend like you're trading cars even though you're not. And then move to the trunk and get all that stuff out of there that you're hauling around. It's just, I mean, if it's heavy stuff, then, you know, it's affecting your fuel economy. And depends on how many French fries and stuff are in the front. It could be affecting your health. And the cabin air filter won't help with that. So get that thing cleaned up and keep it that way. Oh, before you do that, go ahead and have the carpet shampooed. You can buy the stuff to do it or you can take it to a detail shop and have it done. And then after they do that, chuck those uh, carpeted floor mats and get you some WeatherTech mats, some, some all-weather floor mats that will save your carpet. And when you go to trade your car and the, and the used car manager who's appraising your car sees those all-weather mats, he's going to get all warm and fuzzy about your car because he knows you care about the interior condition. Yeah, and for certain, before you go trade cars, Clean your car out. Make it look nice. Make it smell nice. I just can't believe some people come in and trade cars, and they're just nasty. I mean, do they not clean up their house if they're getting ready to sell their house? Of course they do. Well, do the same thing with your car because, you know, it could make thousands of dollars difference in the appraisal on, on certain situations, if especially if it's really, you know, a basket case in there. Okay, what else? Oh, take the photos off of your instrument cluster. They're not supposed to be there. I know your grandkids are good looking, or your children, or your girlfriend, but that's not where the pictures go because when they're up there, you can't see your warning lights. And you may have a service engine soon light, check engine light, airbag light, brakes are failing. You know, that's just not where you put pictures. Put your pictures in frames. On your bedside table. That's a better place for them. Okay. 
Number nine, there is a reason that certain window tints are illegal. It's because it's not about people seeing you or not seeing you, and it's not so much about keeping your car cool, although I do understand it. I swear most people get their windows tinted because they think it looks better from the outside. Maybe they like it dark on the inside, but I'm telling you, I drove my daughter's um, expedition. Yep, she's guilty of it. And uh, she even had her windshield tinted on this expedition. But I, can, I can't see out of the side windows at all at night. I can see lights, but I can't see any moving objects that aren't backlit or lit. So don't do that, and don't let your young'uns do it. That's the first thing they want to do. Oh, I've got to get my windows tinted. No, you don't. They'll be fine. Don't let them do it. That's another thing you have control over. All right, I'm going to take my last break, and I'll finish this up with some doozies. I'll be back in a minute. Okay, I hope you have gotten something out of the New Year's special, New Year's resolution, car life resolutions. Everybody has a car life. It's a part of their, you know, they got salt life. That's where I got all that. You know, you see people driving down the road, it says salt life. Does that mean they like salt or does it mean they like going to the beach? Who knows? Maybe they do like salt. Okay, number 10, never buy a car from a salesperson who emphasizes one of these two things or both. Number one, the monthly payment. Because they are trying to get you to focus on the thing that is the worst thing to focus on when it comes to buying a car. Yes, you've got to set a budget. You've got to get it within your payment range based on your monthly income. I get that. But that's not how you buy a car. And we've talked about that, and we'll talk about more in the coming year. Also, if they emphasize buying now, oh, you got to buy it now. This, this sale ends today. You know, the only time that really is a genuine thing is when a manufacturer is going to end like 2.9% financing for 72 months, or they're going to stop it. You know, they may drop a uh, $5,000 rebate on something if, you know, the inventories have come down enough where they don't have to do it. You know, that's how manufacturers manage inventories on dealership lots. When cars are backing up, they put big rebates on them. At the end of the month, they may pull the rebate. That's the only time that matters. I guarantee you, promise you, that if there's a dealer that's having a big sale and he said, well, you won't be able to get this deal on Monday, just wait because you will be able to. As long as they don't sell the car, you know, if there's only one of that particular car, then that's a different thing. Okay. Number 11, stick to your guns on budget when you're shopping for a new or used car. You know, what made sense at your kitchen table when you were doing the math with your wife and you had the calculator and your, you know, your checkbook and your bank statement and all that, what made sense then should still make sense at the dealership. You know, everything doesn't change just because you see a pretty color. Or you drive it and you get that, oh, that new car smell. Oh, that's so nice. I know it's tempting. I'm tempted in the same way in many, many things. All I have to do is look at an Orvis catalog and I'm lost. But, you know, these are things that, that can really impact our financial future if we make bad decisions when it comes to cars. So it's really just a behavior. And we can, we're supposed to be able to control our own behaviors, aren't we? Okay, last. 
Last thing here. The worst deals that I have ever made in my life, whether I was buying, you know, an expensive item of some camera or, you know, buying a car or really buying a dealership or buying a, a business or a piece of real estate, the worst deals I ever made was when I didn't think about it at least overnight. And I truly believe that one of the best things you can do when you're shopping for cars is once you get to a final number and and you're happy with the number is to leave the dealership and go home and think about it. Now, what you're going to see, you're going to see all kinds of interesting behaviors get manifested by the salesman and by the sales manager. You're going to probably hear some, you know, subtle threats. No, they won't be threats, but they'll be, they'll pull every trick out of the book and they'll let you talk to three or four people and say, well, we can't find your keys to your trade-in. You know, they'll do all kinds of things to get you to buy now. But I promise you, that's in their best interest, not yours. And plus, if you wait and you call the, the following day or, the, or, you know, on Monday after you've been there on Saturday, say, you know, I've been thinking about it. I'm just not really sure I want to do it. The price will come down at least a little bit. I mean, even if you save a couple hundred dollars, that was worth waiting until Monday, wasn't it? So I hope that something echoed in your mind as far as these resolutions. What I really hope, though, is that you have a fantastic 2024. And I want to thank you for a wonderful 2023, the people that came to Greenville and bought cars from us, and the people who listen to the radio show or the podcast, and who trust me enough to call and ask for my advice and let me lead them uh, through or help navigate them through a very difficult thing. And that many times that's getting your car serviced, buying, selling, trading, getting car service, getting body repairs done. These are things that I can help with. My 40, well, 45, going on 46 years of automotive experience is coming to use. And all you have to do is call me, 423-552-2020, or send me an email to LennyLawson2020 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.